0: Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome once again to another Friday session of the Cryptomaniacs podcast. I'm John Go. That's Task uh, Task. I have an announcement, man. Are you ready for this? So I know. You, you're
1: still- well, what are you coming out of the closet? <clears throat> no, 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 okay. So not no, I'll that for there. next week.
0: Um, okay. I uh, I I succumb to the peer pressure, and mm-hmm. uh, I now have a blue check mark beside my name.
1: Yes, like I saw that.
0: Right. Am I am I one of the people that is made fun of now? I think so. I don't
1: I, I don't know. I think it's actually been stopped because people were taking like New York Times dot com and getting blue checks and then <laughs> tweeting out that Lockheed know, Martin.
0: I, Do you see that yeah. one? That was no. the best one. That was the Lockheed Martin. We've stopped supporting Saudi Arabia. It's like they're trying to start World War Three or something like that. Yeah oh boy oh, but yeah it's so i guess uh i've had my 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 glory of a couple of days are they taking them away do you know or is
1: it i i don't know i i just heard it's been stopped uh at least for new accounts because mm. what happened was people were setting up like he said lockheed martin yeah you know w- misspelled or something like that or or yeah, lockheed yeah. martin usa or whatever and then uh you know, start trolling and you know older accounts. Uh, I I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> Elon is uh Elon's got his hands full. Let's just he does.
0: It it, it's the biggest babysitting session in the history of mankind. So
1: yeah, yeah, and you know, it's like you mentioned free speech, and all of a sudden the left is all pissed off because like, how dare you allow people to have free speech? Yeah. And you know, then the right's going to take advantage of being, you know abusive assholes so it, it's gonna be a mess
0: it's just fantastic what a well but you know what we have good things to talk about well kind of sort of because we're talking hive good morning blaine welcome sir um we're talking hive and it's the q a session and it's funny that blaine's here because he's one of the first questions are you ready to dive into these questions Task?
1: might as well that's what fridays are for
0: that's what fridays are for so uh the end is nigh that was the name of the um the the (laughs) post i did because it's just been a gong show over the past 36 hours uh but the most important question is uh blaine wants to know dear sirs when task app
1: isn't that i i put that under the 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 category of rhetorical questions i mean uh look in the mirror mr jones uh (laughs) Who, who the hell's the one coding this thing?
0: I, I dude, I just work here, man. I mean, he's uh he's. I think he's trolling. That's, I, I, that's a good I would, troll. I
1: would say he's he's giving a little dig to to each of us, but that that's okay. That's I okay. mean, it's he he's a smart guy. He knows how to do that coding shit, and you know, you and I just talk about shit and try to confuse everybody simply because we're confused. Absolutely.
0: I'm totally. I wake up confused, uh, Blaine uh, Sir soon <laughs>
1: well, wow. when, when, when you uh clear some of the other things off your to-do list but the task yes. app maybe maybe john that is part of the solution to what elon's dealing with. everybody maybe. flees twitter and goes to the task app
0: that would be great if we could just create the next big social media platform on the blockchain. That would be dandy. Yeah, that- But dear Sir Blaine, when soon is the official answer. Thank you for the question, Mr. Jones. Next up, we got NFTBBG. said, if the dominant set are fueled by end of the world and go into zero messages, these are going to be bullish statements. Any comment on the urgent call of the Dutch Central Bank to all financial authorities all over the world to establish comprehensive international regulation? I'm referring to this link, and he shared something. that was on Bitcoin.com. Uh, talking about the Dutch bank pounding the fist, saying everything needs to be re- reg- regulated. Now, fair warning: there's a lot of FTX questions today, uh, so I'm sure we will dive. That's where a lot of this stuff is coming from. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. Uh, any comment on the urgent call from the from the Dutch central bank to
1: regulate everything? Yeah, does anybody give a shit about the Dutch central bank? <laughs> I mean honestly, you know, it's like okay, write an article about uh, the Central Bank of Paraguay. Who cares? You know, the bottom line is <clears throat> first off they they can call for all the regulation they want. It, it's like you see how long it took the Republicans in in 2017 and 2018 to pass a tax cut bill.
0: Mm.
1: Republicans that should take about three minutes and it took them like almost two years. The Democrats have had full control in the United States of the house, the Senate and, and the presidency, and they can't get much done in that regard either. So now you want to take this same concept and apply it globally to get everybody to agree. It ain't going to happen. And you already have with CBDCs are a prime example you already have the Fed and the Bank of Japan have both come out and said, eh, we're not for this shit, at least retail uh, CBDCs. So mm-hmm. two of the three biggest economy, the central banks behind them, have just said, eh, we don't give a crap about this stuff. Nobody cares. We don't care. You know, it has no use case. Um, now, politicians and bureaucrats have a different uh, viewpoint. Elizabeth Warren sitting up there licking her chops for regulation but the bottom line is okay. The Dutch, the Dutch uh, central bank says something. Do you think people in Brazil really give a crap? No. Mm. So if they have unified, um, u- unified uh, regulation, do you think El Salvador is going to adhere? You think Brazil is going to adhere? You think Venezuela is going to adhere? I guarantee you, China and and Russia aren't going along with the program. You know that's where, you know. International coalitions, you're not going to get 100%. And the second you open it up to going somewhere where this could be done, well, then that's the second that there's a, a hole in the boat. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with regulation. It's like, uh, you know, forgetting the fact that whatever they sit down on paper, that is the law, that's the terminology. And so developers can just develop around it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I really don't see, I followed the Euro dollar model and what the bank set up there. And if cryptocurrency follows that, that's outside the reach of any government, any central bank and getting them to unify and, and go together as one, I find that to be completely impossible. Um, and
0: uh, there is obviously a lot of FTX questions in in today's show and i didn't necessarily want to dive into it but i ha- it kind of perfect to what you're saying here all this regulation stuff like wasn't FTX and again i'm completely ignorant to it cuz i never had an account never messed with it that like i you know me i don't do the defi stuff so i could care less um but wasn't FTX v- like in the pocketbooks and in bed with all of the regulation like weren't they trying yeah, to be well, regulated well ones like
1: he 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 put together in fact it's kind of ironic as they're following bankruptcy uh the u.s congress is voting on the regulation that he proposed and and that he he was pushing um you know it just shows the 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 how how asinine the system is and you know it's it's the same story over and over again i mean the banks have been i mean FTX is no different than the banks. I mean, it's a situation of leverage. It's a situation of lack of liquidity. It's a situation of lack of quality collateralization. It's always the same story, and it's always driven by the same thing. Ultimately, in my opinion, it's greed. And, you know, bankers never go to jail. I don't think cryptocurrency people are going to be afforded the same outcome, but it's just they're doing the same thing the banks have always done.
0: I, I saw this, this meme this morning, which was perfect. And it was, uh, you know, like everyone, you know, running to, uh, you know, get l- liquidity or get their, get their assets out of these, these exchanges, like a run on the exchanges and the banks are just sitting there going like, Ooh, boy, I sure hope they don't do that to us <laughs> like because they, they don't have everything backed. You know what I mean? Like they don't have the assets to, if if there was a run on bank of America. You know what I mean? Like they can't pay all that out. So it's just it's like you're right you're you're right. It's all No, it's but all why would, why 0-0. why
1: would there be a run and I I presume Canada has <clears throat> something similar. Mm. But why would there be a run on Bank of America because anything up to $250,000 is insured. So even if Bank of America goes under, if you have 250,000 in an account or less, you're you're covered. Mm-hmm. Uh you know yeah that, we
0: got that too up here yeah, yeah. so and I think, yeah.
1: I, I think most of the developed world the, the banking system has that and you know I, I'll go into this because it's going to be an article that I'm putting together and uh it'll probably come up to when some of the other questions so we'll we'll get into it there but there, there's mm-hmm. there's certain things that people need to understand about money and, and the liability of money that mm-hmm. obviously they do not get with FTX and crypto there you go Moving on, we got you. he said, "Let's leave the
0: drama." <laughs> and what is the high project that excites you the most for
1: 2023? Uh, Task app. <laughs> uh <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know if that excites me the most. That 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 that. I like that app. I I think the problem is, and maybe you disagree with me, John. I I think that app is going to be rather niche, but may- maybe i'm wrong maybe it it's it's i'm looking at it the wrong way uh mm-hmm. you know the project it, it's hard to say uh because i don't know what's going on with a lot of them i mean i'm never going to you know bet against the splinterlands people so mm-hmm. i i i can't say I think you always have to be eternally optimistic about smaller just because they're a trap record. I like what's obviously going on. And and if we had to narrow one down, I think Project Blank is high up on both John and, and Mindless because that I don't think is niche. That's a, a lot bigger. If they can get an app that really appeals to, to a broader scope of people, that could be phenomenal. Uh, another one. And I, I know I'm not, going with one but this just is a difficulty and it also shows what's going on CyberX is getting close to rolling stuff out that's a very very interesting project uh mm-hmm. even though I'm yeah. not a gamer I think it's a very interesting project what's going on and and taking place um, Ragnarok's a little bit <clears throat> further down the scale but I know Dan has big projects with that or big plans with that project so there's a lot of things. And, and then I don't really know what's going on with things like half, which is kind of plumbing. So it's not all that interesting, but sometimes that all that not interesting stuff right. is very important. So, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff on hive to sink your teeth into speak. Network is another one that's proceeding forward. I mean, disregard had, had uh, an article out this week. So did active um, we had McFarhat on Tuesday, and I guess it was when was the article Wednesday or Thursday um, that that API server that he mentioned on air they went live with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Deathwing opened up a U.S. based uh, server. He had one over over in uh, either Europe or Asia, and now he expanded that. And so, you know, we we keep getting more stuff, more infrastructure added, and and that that's pretty cool and you know again in this era with what we've seen over last year maybe i sound like a, a broken record here but it's the proverbial centralized versus decentralized and the more api servers we have the more stuff we have open up the more of this stuff that's taking place the more we spread things out and the the greater the resiliency of the ecosystem and that's very important. Looking at it, this Celsius stuff, looking at FTX, BlockFi evidently may be in trouble next because they're shutting down uh, withdrawals. So I mean, it, it's just a mess.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Um, something a little sneaky that uh, might have flown under the radar, not necessarily in the Splinterlands community, but Hive as general. Uh, the the Genesis League sports airdrop. Uh, started a couple weeks ago, which was very similar to the SPS, but you can now stake, uh, which has got everyone very excited today. So 2023 will see the launch of uh, Genesis League Sports, uh, their 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 football game, soccer game. So uh, that's exciting, too. Just a little side note. You know I had to get some Splinterlands propaganda in as well. well.
1: Again, <laughs> I mean, that? that's a prime example. I mean, I'm not going to bet against those guys. I, I don't really follow yep. the Genesis project very closely. I mean, hell, I don't follow Splinterlands very closely. But I'm not going to bet against them. And sure. you're right. That could be. A major boom in 2023. I mean, it—that's the cool thing. It's hard to to pinpoint this down. I'll, I'll I'll give you guys a pat on the back because I know some of what you're working on with with CTP, and you know, maybe you guys have have some breakthrough stuff. It, it's just it's hard to tell. But that's mm-hmm. where you keep going in the continual development, and it's like sometimes it's a breakthrough one thing, and it goes huge and goes viral and gets you uh, gets large. Or other times it's just a continual process of adding to the plate like CTP is mm-hmm. where all of a sudden maybe people wake up around June, July of next year and say, holy shit, look at all all the offering that's here. You mm-hmm. know, you just don't know.
0: True, true. Uh, DevPress says, do you think this is happening because of the recession panic or is this happening because of greedy people behind things like Luna and FTX? Uh, in no, short, it has nothing to do with
1: recession it's yeah it's it's typical over leveraging it's typical unsound money management it's typical uh idiotic behavior it's people not understanding what's going on and and not understanding liabilities and and where they're exposed and you know quite frankly we we keep going through the same fucking lesson and people don't want to learn it in crypto not Mm -hmm. your keys not your crypto. It started in Mt. Gox, what was that, nine years ago or whatever, yeah, eight years ago? A decade ago, and it right? it continued right yeah. into the bankruptcy this morning. And unfortunately, next year, we're going to be talking about something else where people got caught with their pants down because they wanted to take the easy path. You know, those who are either stupid or lazy don't get very far in life. And with cryptocurrency, you can't be either. And, you know, we kind of laugh, John, about, Oh, ease of use and all this other stuff. Well, guess what? There are some serious stuff. If you want ease of use, you throw your shit on FTX and you risk losing it because now you right. are in inner, inner, um, incorporating counterparty risk. You'd set up a MetaMask. I mean, yes, there's always a risk get hacked and shit like that, but you set up a MetaMask. You're in control of the keys. You have control of your wallet. If your stuff's in there, You're in control of it. If you have your hive on Binance versus your hive in your wallet on on the Hive blockchain, you are at risk of having your hive taken if Binance somehow gets slammed. Now, and, and, and maybe this is where, you know, people need to understand what the liability is. You go buy U.S. Treasuries. That's the safest form of money because you're guaranteed a payment. U.S. government has never defaulted and U.S. government probably will not default for a long time because, as I've said, if nothing else, they can Ponzi debt it to the point where they can keep <laughs> selling bonds and selling notes to pay off the old people. Ponzi um,
0: debt it. I like it. I like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, Ponzi debt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after that, you put your money into a, a savings account with a bank, you got commercial bank risk. Now, as I just said, because FDIC covers you up to $250,000, your money is safe up to that point. Above and beyond, you are introducing the counterparty risk, whereas if the bank, Bank of New York, Bank of America, or whoever goes under, anything above two fifty, you will lose. You become a creditor. Mm-hmm go through a bankruptcy but good luck on that you put your money on ftx there you who what's the liability there the liability is well ftx remains solvent. if ftx doesn't remain solvent yes you could say well my bitcoin I, i'm in bitcoin i'm in the decentralized thing yes but you just took your bitcoin that you bought for 1500 bucks and even though it's seventeen thousand. on on its way back down from 66000 you still have a nice profit, except if it was on FTX, you can't
0: get that money
1: out. So now you just took something that was decentralized and you introduced the counterparty risk. And that's the problem we've seen over and over and over again. And so where am I going with this? When you start to deal with this stuff, like if you take your HBD, make it PHBD or BHBD, You introduce the counterparty risk of the the smart contract it's written on. And that being hacked, you introduce the the counterparty risk of Leo Finance and Cal. Now, you may trust those. Okay, that's fine. But if you take your HBD, put it in savings, your counterparty risk is actually the blockchain. So now the question is, will the high blockchain stop running? You guys can answer that, you guys being you and Blaine, emphatically no, because you're running a node. So Blaine could sit there and say, I don't give a fuck what happens. software is going to keep running Mm. at least one one node will keep running because i'm going to keep it running that means the counterparty risk of the blockchain not being there that's been removed so now you got the only counterparty risk or the only other risk is the backing agent which of course is hive and then that's when you get in the ratio the haircut all that other stuff and that's why those mechanisms are in place to protect the integrity of hbd so mm. this is where people need to look at and you know you have your hbd you have your hive on binance okay that's all well and good but what if what if ftx what what if what happens to ftx happens to binance and people say that won't happen probably not but we didn't think it would happen to ftx you have it in high power again who's the counterparty there it's not Binance, it's not a centralized exchange it's the blockchain that's a much different level that that that's where your liability is and that's what people need to understand who is always on the other side of your money who is the liability i.e who's on the balance sheet that they owe to pay you back and you know you start getting into banks in like nigeria you get into banks in Venezuela. Well, that's probably not a place I'd put my money because of the counterparty risk. They could just take it and say, oh, sorry, it was never here. You didn't have All any right. money here. Uh, you know, you get into some of these bonds from some of these countries. I mean, who wants Venezuelan bonds? Uh, and that's, in fact, why the New York banks aren't buying European bonds. They're not touching it because they don't want the counterparty risk. They say, you you people are a mess. That's what people need to look at, So. In crypto we drive it home simply not your keys not your coins not your crypto however you want to say it you always have to ask who's on the other side so it's all well and good and i'm not i'm not citing cal at all but cal goes out there and talks about 40 percent return on hbd okay great on bhpd the question is are you willing to assume the counterparty risk of leo finance of the liquidity mm. of the smart contract if you are That's a great deal. Now, is that risk a lot less than FTX? As it turns out, obviously so. Is that risk a lot less than uh, Binance? I would believe so, personally. That's how Mm -hmm. I would size it up. But other people might size it up a little differently. Hmm.
0: Uh, More FTX stuff. Our friend says the FTX debacle is certainly top of mind in the crypto world at the moment. The opportunities for Hive as the only sizable decentralized blockchain, there are others, but they are tiny and fighting their own internal battles, are quite obvious. And TASK has written about this extensively. What can we as a community do to speed up the process of getting to the Hive financial system stage sooner? As a non-techie and non-programmer, i I looking for the action points to achieve this goal quickly?
1: Uh I don't know if there is a way to speed it up other than uh, because a lot of what we're waiting on is infrastructure and, right. and going back to Disregard's post and, and go read Disregard Fiat, uh, uh, his account. He's put up a number of posts over the last week or so, a uh, couple of weeks that talk about this stuff. And, and, you know, this is where we've talked about this for a while we've been working on this. It's not like I make this shit up and I throw this stuff out there and people, somebody accused me, well, nobody's going to go along with this. You just write this shit up. You don't build anything. Well, I'm not a developer, but I also do talk to other developers like disregard. We have them on the show and disregard has been building. I mean, on his first visit, he says, what excites him is, is creating decentralized open source software. That's what he wants to do. And you know what they're putting together with honeycomb and what they're doing with the speak network and and these nodes that are in operation and all this stuff is is tying into this idea and unfortunately as much as you want to speed it up so does they call me dan so does starkers so do i but none of us have the capability because it's in the hands of the developers and unfortunately develop Development only goes at the pace it goes, especially when it's development of one or two people who are actually doing the coding. And Mm. that's where we're at the mercy of the pace they can go at. And, you know, you take Blaine. Blaine wants to roll out shit a lot quicker. I mean, he'd be the first to tell you that. But, you know, he only can get so much code down in in a certain amount of time. And then the code that he gets down has to be worked through, has to be tested, has to be rewritten. You know, I mean... That's just the nature of development um, and coding. And so really, I mean, the only thing I can say is just keep supporting people like Disregard Fiat. uh, Keep looking at decentralizing things. Um, Yeah, see, as Blaine said, when you're developing things that haven't been built before, it takes time. Yeah, that's another thing. Developers will use every shortcut in the book. If they could take code that somebody else has written and is working, they'll copy paste. They love nothing more than copy paste. But mm-hmm. if there's nothing out there that does any of this shit, guess what? You're, got, you're starting with a, a clean screen and starting from the first line of code. And that's just what makes it very difficult and time consuming. And that's why I put all this under the heading of infrastructure. Creating an app is not infrastructure. Creating an app is a lot quicker, a lot easier because, you you know, there's a Bazillion apps out there. The codings out there. You can always change, take pieces and parts. You know, you can always incorporate checkouts and wallets and and menus and all that stuff. That that's all out there. But when you're talking infrastructure, you're talking building decentralized exchanges, decentralized wallet system, decentralized node systems. Uh, you know, with disregards working on multi multi sig wallet uh, stuff. You know that that they, they got to start at square one. So. You know, just keep supporting the developers, keep trying to decentralize stuff, keep talking about this stuff, write about this stuff, bring it up on Twitter, bring it up on Leo Threads. Take in and support people. Try to get more hive power into different countries. Things mm-hmm. of that nature. I mean, that's where we we get resiliency from. Keep encouraging people or discourage on Hive and say, "Listen, we all went through that. We most of us came to Hive. We had zero followers, zero social media presence, zero hive power, but we just got busy."
0: That's the, the that is the the solution for everything get busy get active amazing things happen um i was making comments before i get into the question here from kimberly i made a comment that you know something that task always says is and i totally agree with is that a lot of a lot of problems that we face are solved with more users and that comes, you know, that it's all—it's almost like the chicken and the egg. The developers, the users. The developers, the users. You have more users, it fires up the developers to get coding quicker. Uh, the, you know, it, it's just—it's this beautiful cycle that I see on Hive. That we, we need this, so we get this, and we need more of this. Anyways, it's, I, you know, what you always said. What, what would fifty thousand active users a day do for Hive?
1: A lot right? more than five. That's, exactly. that's for sure. And uh, yeah. I wrote an article about Leo Finance. I said, "Listen, what happens if Leo Finance, if if their project plan gets a hundred thousand? Right. You know, we don't know how many are bots, but it's supposedly <clears throat> Twitter has three hundred million. We're not talking a major percentage of the microblogging population. We're talking a hundred thousand freaking people. And what yeah, would exactly. that do to this this ecosystem? It'd be enormous. So, mm-hmm. I mean, now you'd have millions and millions and millions of." blanks or threads or yep. micro or whatever the hell you want to call it Tweet, tweets on the blockchain you'd have millions and millions and millions of them a day and then yep. what does that lead does that lead into the task app does that lead into some of those people enjoying log form content does that lead into cyber X does that lead into Ro- Roanoke Splinterlands what, where does that all go mm-hmm. you know and that's mm-hmm. the thing it's the feeder system yep.
0: Uh, fiber froze Kimberly. She has a pretty funny question here. Uh, if I had a Bitcoin for every time I was told the world was ending, well, I'd be pretty rich and 60 years of living through this stuff that was supposed to destroy us all. Here's a few global cooling. Now it's warming nuclear power, global, global thermal nuclear war, aerosol detergent. Donald Trump was supposed to kill us all and coconut oil. Now it's healthy. I could go on and on, but my question is, what do you think is the next ridiculous fad that will be in the financial arena, or the sky is falling disaster? <laughs> well, if you if you could crystal ball this, what do you think is the next crazy thing people are going to lose their minds over?
1: Uh I I don't know. I mean, it's you know the fucking kardashians are billionaires which is still <laughs> being released. so that that just shows you the mentality of people um you know i i'm just amazed yeah. and, and and it's it's a good point uh, i'll add one thing to our list that was big when i was a kid was the ozone right yes ozone, ozone layer we in yeah. it and right. we, we were all going to get fried right. um yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's, uh, you know, and, and in fairness to both sides, uh, Donald Trump was the end of the world and now Joe Biden's the end of the world. So right. yeah. uh, it, it's the same thing. It's amazing how every election for like the past 16 years has been the most important election in most U.S. History. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh, and, and as a little side note, he I, I want to go into this. I evacuate For for those of you who know, I live on a fucking peninsula. And so the wind blows across it at times. And sometimes the wind gets pretty healthy. And because I live a block from the beach and I was where it was destined to land, I did one of the things I don't usually do is I pick up and evacuate. And so I'm in the center of the state and i did this as i was telling john before the show mainly because i knew i'd be without power at my place for a few days which then of course would my high hive operations were totally disrupted because of intermittent power let alone power Hmm. being out so leading up to when this thing was supposed to hit i'm watching the news the local news and we had it on and you know uh and it's something interesting and I'm surprised anybody even pays attention to the news. And I'm not saying this is a political statement, but you got to mm. be a moron. And this isn't going into politics. This is going into weather. But you had on this news on these news stations, because we kept flipping to, to a couple of the different stations, there was a restroom. It was connected to a county building right by the beach, and they've had a lot of beach erosion in the last hurricane. Well, this restroom kind of toppled over. And, you know, major damage. Well, guess what? There were also along that stretch of beaches, there were houses that built up pretty good, but the seawall was busted out six weeks ago. So there mm-hmm. was a lot of beach erosion and a couple of the houses ended up falling into the ocean. They just, they just collapsed because all the sand underneath them w- was pulled out. Well, when you go to these different stations, guess where all these reporters from these different stations are? They're all at the same damn place. So if you're watching mm. this, you think the whole damn state was falling into the ocean. Yeah, but they're but all like at the same one block. One beach.
0: Yeah. yeah, they're all at <laughs> right,
1: the yeah. mm. And, you know, they were talking about how horrific this was. And, you know, even in the county that I'm in, which that was ground zero for where this hit. The governor gave they, they or, one or somebody from the governor's office yesterday stood up and they gave like an accounting of of the utility for of, of the the power and they said 25 of of that count of the county i live in was without power and that's a lot and that was by far the highest in the county just to the southwest was like 15 and then on and on mm. and i'm like but you realize 75 percent of the of the people still had power through all of this so yeah, 25%'s high and they'll get it back on, but 75% were unaffected. Now, being right. where I am, I knew I got zapped and sure shit, I go online, I was zapped. But my point of all of this is how they hyperhole all this shit, they hyperhole it to the negative, and that it's always gloom and doom and how all this shit's gonna end. And I've seen over the years all this stuff where, you know, it's the end of the world and it's not. And you know. Oh, this recession's coming. Unemployment's going to skyrocket. And in the United States, unemployment has skyrocketed. And God, I think in 2008, we got to like 10%. But guess what? 90% of the people still had their damn job. 10% lost it. And it's the old saying, I mean, if you lose your job, it's not a recession. You're in a depression. I mean, it's awful. And it's the same thing with this. I don't give a crap about this FTX. Why? Because I have no money there. Now, uh, Mike Novogratz. He's real concerned because his fund had like $170 million in there, $140 million. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? He just got his ass burned. Now, he may get it back in bankruptcy, but he has to go and fight for it. He has liquidity issues himself now. I mean, they Genesis is going to cover it, and, and they move money around. But the point being, and going back to the, the question here, when people focus on this doom and gloom, yes, occasionally these doom and gloomers are right. Yes, economic cycles, business cycles, recessions happen, bad stuff happens. But if that's all you focus on, it's like Peter Schiff. Why do I think he's a fucking clown? Because you go online, their CNBC videos from 2011. 2000- 10 2011, he said gold's well, going to 5,000. The stock market's going to crash. Well, guess what? Since 2011, the stock market went on the biggest bull run in the history of the stock market, mm-hmm. and gold has basically been flat since 2012. Actually, it's down, it was like 1900 in 2012, and it's like 1750 or 1650 now. This is the problem when you listen to these people, so that's why we say do your own research. In cryptocurrency, look for those projects that you believe in, that are developing, that are having, are going to have long-term positive implications. And don't go for the quick buck. Don't right. go for the, oh, the Lambos and the moons. I mean, if you want to take a little gambling money, a little spec money, and go buy a meme token and say, okay, this is going to be 100% like John spent 50 bucks on Spacecoin or whatever the hell you and Blaine bought. I was
0: Blaine, dude. Blaine, Blaine, with his whatever coin, I can't even remember. That's yeah. totally. Yeah. But you know, I, but, no you know
1: I mean, you you rolled the dice for fifty bucks. You were looking for a ten or a hundred X. Safe moon,
0: safe moon. That was safe
1: it. moon. You went to yeah. zero, so yeah, totally whatever. went to zero. Yeah. But you didn't put your life savings into it, and yeah, I think it was that, fifty bucks. Yeah, it was fifty <laughs> right. bucks. You know, yeah. you know the, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, it was it was fun, and it gives you. It, it allows you to constantly attack Blaine and it only costs you 50 bucks. So that was I'm worth 50 it. bucks to you to yell at Blaine for the next 32 years. Oh yeah. He owes me 50. Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. luck collecting on that one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, you know, but that's the point. The gloom and doomers are always going to try to trigger the fear. And the media does that, whether it's the mainstream media, the financial media, CNBC, Bloomberg, all those jackasses, ignore yeah. them, yep. you know. Look for those people who understand what's going on and who are saying, be careful. I mean, I'm not saying anything's the end of the world. FTX going down sucks. That means the crypto market's going to be probably in rough shape for a little while. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just the way it is. I'm not going to be doom and gloom, but I'm also not going to paint a rosy picture and say, oh, well, this is wonderful news. It's not. Mm -hmm. But we'll get through this. Crypto's not dying. Mm -hmm. Your hive's going to do well, and who knows? Your HPD may actually hold up better.
0: This is actually a a really good question. John Bestart, who's on the road right now, he's on a road trip, but uh, let's uh, see what he says. Can you explain what burning tokens means and how that affects the tokenomics?
1: Burning tokens is awesome burning token simply is sending typically sending the tokens to an account and it's typically at null or something like that. And no so, one has the
0: keys to it mm.
1: and nobody has the keys. So basically what they do is uh Leo will send, you know, whatever, let's say 5,000 Leo, they'll send that to at null. I mean, you could do that. You could do that with hot, you know, yeah, you cool. could do it because sometimes what happens is you do certain things. Um, And the beneficiary of the payouts, well, it'll pay out to the null account. And what that does is that, in theory, reduces the supply. Um, But see, this gets into my philosophy, and I've mentioned this on the show before. You know, people look at cryptocurrency trying to make it a medium of exchange when they should look at it as a representation of value on the project. And at that case, burning tokens may or may not make some sense. But burning tokens as a medium of exchange is stupid. Why do you burn money? And burning tokens, if you're building value, is a very dumb idea. And people say, "Well, it reduces the inflation." Who gives a shit about the inflation? I mean, if you have a to- if you have a token that the inflation is ten percent, but the value of the project that it represents is going up one hundred twenty-five percent, what do you give a crap? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, well, you know, should Tesla do stock buyback? You know, yeah, maybe Tesla can take its money, do stock buybacks, and that helps the shareholders. But I'd much rather if Tesla can put its money into a new plant and increase the stock price by 75%, that's much more desirable. Now, if they do a stock buyback, that option may not be desirable. So that's really where everybody gets these tokenomics, in my opinion, screwed up. And everybody says, well, we're doing burns. Oh, well, that's all well and good, but guess what? Your token's still worth nothing. So, yeah, you know, exactly. you can burn every token but the one, and it's still worth zero because you have nothing to your project. And mm-hmm. I think that's, again, people getting lazy and people not actually building stuff. Listen, CTP could do all the token burns they want. CTP would be a dead project if you're doing all the token burns you want. If you're not doing anything to develop, grow, mm-hmm. and create, interest in the ecosystem and that's more important than any token burn you can do yeah if you have asinine tokenomics okay maybe you have to burn you know 60 of your tokens because when you set it up on paper it's like well shit, we didn't need 600 trillion tokens okay so we'll burn you know 500 trillion of them okay yeah. fine that's that that you do but um it's still We don't have, this is the difference between crypto people so far and entrepreneurs, in my opinion. And maybe you disagree with this, John, but entrepreneurs walk in the door and they have a different mindset. They have the mindset of grow, value, user base, expansion, things of that nature. People who are messing around with the tokenomics, it's like they don't think like that. They're just like, oh, well, we got too many tokens. And so if we reduce the amount, this should send the price up.
0: Because that's exactly what they're after, green candles. They think that if there's token burns, the green candles will show up. That's yeah, what people exactly, in crypto are worried about. Not about exactly.
1: the, the, the problem is, is if a project is dead, doesn't matter yeah. what your tokenomics are. Yeah,
0: you get like you said, you could have one token and it's worth zero, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. yeah. So
0: it's a good point. Hope that helps, John. That's a good question. Um, because yeah, I I used to think that too. And then you know, started listening to task a little bit more. I'm like, yeah, why don't we just add value to the token? let it let it let her deal with it that way uh alex got (laughs) a pretty interesting question um, and Alex didn't have to remind me to do the uh, CTP chat this week. So thank you, Alex. appreciate it. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts on Bitcoin where I consistently hear the Bitcoin is the only blockchain that doesn't have a CEO argument for decentralization and community. There's got to be someone in the Hive ecosystem willing to come to a Bitcoin Maxi show and make a case for Hive, right? Yeah, they call me Dan definitely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look how I mean, centralized- I mean,
1: stalkers him and
0: Starkers yeah put them put them up I'd, I'd pay to see that um look how centralized Ethereum is look how centralized Binance is Bitcoin is the only blockchain that the decentralization that is decentralized and belongs to the community who on hive has the co-johns pun intended uh I see what he did there and knowledge to duke it out with the Bitcoin Maxi pad <laughs> <laughs> Who could we pester to have this debate? Uh, d- well, Dan was on the show a couple months ago, right? And he said that he—he he actually said it on the podcast. He's like, "I would love to go toe to toe with some of these people that are so anti-hive mm-hmm. or anti-depos or something like that." Like he—he oh, yeah. would love to debate, and he's always like, "Put feelers out there." Um, him
1: and Starker's
0: yeah. would be great. Stark,
1: Stark Starker's always. Starkers delves into there and gets head to head with the Bitcoin yeah. Maxis. Dan, Dan's more into. It, it's funny, Dan. Dan will go against. <clears throat> Dan could go against the Bitcoin Maxis, but where Dan could excel is he can take on the POS people, and, yeah. and and he can go on the proof of work. I mean, both of them tie in because he does approach it from proof of stake. Uh, Starkers just goes head to head with. When he he gets into these pissing matches with the Maxis. It's like. My hat's off to you, bro. I'm not going to tell myself <laughs> he's got headache, more patience than I do. He, he he gets in there and and he, he loves it, but but the, yeah. but the problem is the answer to your question. It's like this. It's it becomes a religion. And so it's like trying to convince a Christian that Jesus didn't exist or God doesn't exist or the Bible's fake or, you know, uh, a, a Muslim that Muhammad it, it didn't exist and, and all this stuff. And that's the problem with the Bitcoin maxi. First off, if you're a Bitcoin maxi, odds are you don't understand money. You think you do. You don't understand the money system. You think you do. And that's one of the major problems. And we see it all the time because you see the memes of printing press goes burnt. Well, if you're putting that up, that means you don't understand fucking money and you don't understand currency, you don't understand ledgers and you don't understand uh, double entry bookkeeping or accounting. I mean, all this stuff is what people miss. And, you know, you ask people what's back in the U.S. dollar, they say, oh, the faith and credit of the U.S. government. It's like, well, that's a dumbass move. You know, who who believes that shit? It's like, where'd you hear that? Oh, well, I read it on Twitter. I mean, that's how it is. (laughs)
0: And it's you know, it on Twitter
1: from the new network. verified account. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, how come how come Facebook's so popular? Well, they have a thing mm. called the network effect. You don't think that applies to money? And then you just go on and on and on and on. And so, you know, the, the, the problem with this stuff is trying to argue with these people, <clears throat> they're not going to change their mind. They believe what they want to believe and they think they're right, and, and they'll go down with the ship. And you can't tell them that you can't tell them, you can't begin to tell them like I've talked about. We've been in deflationary money since 20 2008. If you understand how money works in the global financial and banking system, we've been in deflationary money globally since 2008. And we see the results of that shitty growth rates, recession coming up, a lot of bad stuff is happening. And this is what Bitcoin maxis think is a great thing because it's like, oh, well, if everything was priced in Satoshi and we only had Bitcoin, everything would be great. It's like, no, you fools, everything would collapse. How would you like to go sell your house, John, that you bought last year and it'd be worth 30% less than you bought it for? So you have to pay 30% at closing to get out from under your house. You know, how would you like your business to be consistently making less and less money? Well, what the fuck do you think is going to happen with deflationary money? You know, if there's more people, you're not going to have economic growth because, you know, where does the money go? Doesn't doesn't spread around. You everybody has to get less by definition. So, you know, that's the problem with this. And, you know, a lot of what I say is heresy to the libertarians. Uh, They don't believe it for a second. It's heresy to the gold bugs. They don't believe it. But why have the gold bugs been dead wrong? For the thirty years I've been arguing with them, because they're dead wrong. Their shit doesn't hold water because they operate under misconceptions, monetarily and financially, and that's what the Bitcoin Maxis do. Now, I'm not saying Bitcoin's not a, a decent buy long term. I mean, who knows? Markets could go, you know, up. I don't. I don't dispel the fact that gold could go from sixteen hundred to three thousand. Sure, the market could do that. I don't think this is gonna happen but the market could push oil to 170 180 a barrel i don't think the economy could sustain it so if it happens expect to crash but right. it could happen markets do market things but at the end of the day if you understand and this is what i try to convey in my writings and my videos of how the system and the banking system in particular actually works with money that's what we need to create with cryptocurrency not these fallacies and these myths that these people believe in because oh well the gold standard everything was rosy (laughs) you know there's a reason in the last 50 years you've had the greatest increase in technological advancement in the history of humanity
0: it takes money
1: to do that and getting off the gold standard myth which was a myth was one of the things that did that
0: dude you are just you, you should go up against these guys. You uh, you'd definitely have some fun. You're pissing everyone off. I love it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jimmy, I'm going to actually combine. We got Jimmy's question with uh, ad creator, who is uh, Barb. Uh, they're both FTX. Uh, first, Jimmy wants to know how much of an impact does FTX have on Hive? And then um, Barb wants to know uh, what does it mean with FTX going under? and then you know one of them went back and she brought up luna cuz luna was the one we had earlier terra luna this but that was different cuz that was a project that wasn't an exchange while ftx is an exchange um so what do you think what's the what's the crisis on hive i mean personally for me personally what what i i made this post this week where addicted put a tweet tweet out and it was brilliant it was so it was like he he was pissed he was just like like i'm sick of this like like this t- we had nothing hive had nothing to do with this exchange this stupid exchange this billionaire pissed away everyone's money and now we have to suffer it we have to suffer 50 percent losses on the price of hive and we weren't even on ftx like that's just once crypto starts decoupling from everything going up everything going down and i guess that's kind of like the markets too with traditional stocks but it's like if something bad happens in crypto, it's like it's here. End is here. And everybody just sells. Everyone just, everyone wants it. Like there's no no one has any type of – that's why I love calling our, a stable coin a stable-ish coin. Because we're okay with it going down to like $0.95, cents, $0.90. Cents. It'll get back up because of the stabilizer. So I love the flexibility we have, but everyone in crypto just loses their mind when something like this happens.
1: Um well that, that's markets. The the two emotions in markets are fear and greed. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, we talked a few weeks about, you know, I went on a rant about people just being insane with markets. Everything needs to go up. No, fear and greed. And when there's fear, markets go down. When there's greed, markets go up till yeah. they flip-flop. <laughs> and then the, yeah, exactly. the fear yeah, exactly. takes over and the greed ends, and then markets crash and bottom out when the fear turns to greed, and people say, I'm gonna make a bazillion dollars. And that's how markets are. And, you know, that's why people operate on fundamentals and all this other stuff. Um, They have a very tough time trading. They have a very tough time with market swings because market swings have no logic to them uh long term I mean obviously you go into the equity market earnings are important growth is important all that stuff becomes important your balance sheet income statement all that stuff and we talk about in crypto the equivalent is those projects you believe long term the projects you see with development the projects you see that are developing use case and and have a future and are not just hype and bullshit that's where you focus upon but that doesn't mean you're going to be exempt from swing so what's the impact of ftx on on hive so far it looks like it's about 40 percent because that's what the or 35 percent because that's what the token's been whacked um wow. it mm-hmm. could be bigger i don't know we could see 25 cents 20 cents i i don't know where this ends um there certainly is an impact but somebody put out i think it was the city but I, I can't swear to it but he made a very valid point point. one hive is still worth one hive in terms of resource credit. So, again, that goes back to what you always talked about, John, is utility and usability. You know, every time you hit that upvote button, it's still the same upvote as you had a week and a half ago. Right, yes, right, it's worth less in US dollar and probably euro and Canadian dollar and everything else. Mm-hmm. But it's still worth the same boat weight as it was other than the changes within the hive ecosystem I mean if you powered up a shitload of HP then your vote weight went up if you powered down your your vote weight went down but you know you still got the same resource cracks. you still have the same ability to operate your vote your governance vote is still the same so that's really where yes proportionally speaking to to fiat it went down it went down probably against most of the major currencies because Hive dropped more than Bitcoin or Ethereum, but then there's other tokens out there. Hey, maybe the price of Hive actually went up against them. Uh, you know, Cal put out is 35 cents a good time to buy. And he said, he concluded it was, uh, and then the price actually dropped down to like 29 cents right after that. So, you know, market, <laughs> markets are going to be markets, but, If you think it's a good opportunity, and and I'll give a little bit of my trading. I don't do this much in crypto, but Tesla, which I'm a big fan of. I've I've held Tesla for a number of years. It's been getting beaten up. I've been buying over the last two weeks. Are we near the bottom? Hell, I don't know. But I'm getting at prices that I would have loved to buy at six months ago. And I'm Mm. getting it now. And there may be some better prices to buy two weeks from now I don't know um so again it's what are your long-term plans FTX is going to echo throughout the cryptocurrency industry it's going to cause more more um uh, problems with the regulators it's going to cause more you know Elizabeth Warren's going to be up there banging oh, her, sure. her drum. You know,
0: this. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, this is what's going to happen. And to be honest with you, we bought it, brought it on ourselves. We brought this on ourselves all along the John, you call it green candles. I'll just say greed. You know, the Lambos, the mooning, you know, the ICO craze, all this other shit. It was the same thing all along. And this is no different. This is just somebody who leveraged his company up way too much. He ended up with a liquidity problem. You know, was he sabotaged by CZ? I haven't looked at it close enough, but that wouldn't surprise me either if somebody went in and, and did that shit, just like people went out and sabotaged uh, Terra Luna. I mean, that was a sabotage deal. But the opportunity to destroy it was there. They did not have safety nets and protocols in place to protect it hive does with hbd could we use more certainly we always could use more i write about this and you know whether you decide to build more in the code or you build resiliency through decentralization through derivatives through expansion through use case through all this other stuff i mean we got to focus on all of it and that's the process So this FTX is not going to go away anytime soon. They're going to milk this. For-
0: oh, for sure. That's the first thing I thought when I saw it, Like, because, again, I don't have any exposure to FTX, um, but I was just like the regulators are just going to drool at this. Um, finally, we got Lisa for, uh, for the last question. It's an FTX, but she wants to know, because, again, uh, very similar to me, no knowledge of FTX other than I knew it was the guy with the crazy hair. That <laughs> that's all I knew. Like, I couldn't even say, is I just knew his initials were like
1: SBF. SBF. That's it, yeah.
0: you know. Um, but she said, So, FTX is an exchange like Binance, right? Yes. So, the fact that they are crashing is a good argument to keep uh crypto on a cold storage device or risk losing it. How difficult is the process to moving crypto to a cold storage device? Not that I have a ton of it to worry about right now. So, this is a ledger that's cold storage right there. This is a ledger. Uh, this has absolutely nothing on it because I have, I have no Bitcoin or Ethereum. Uh, but if I was into it, I would just keep it here. My keys would be here. That's it. Easy peasy. It's the best way. I mean, technically, I think the the most secure way is paper wallets, right? Would you agree? Like paper wallets is like the, the be all. No, but, but,
1: but you're limited to what you can do with paper wallets. Right. And right. I, I actually have some of my Bitcoin in a paper wallet. And I, for life of me, don't even know how I'm going to get it out. There you go. Perfect. I'll have to Google search out to get it out. But here's here's the deal. Was it Lisa who asked this? Lisa, yep. Yeah. Okay. Keep in mind your crypto doesn't go anywhere. Right. Crypto. It's always on the blockchain. Yeah. It's always on the blockchain. Yeah. It's just moving numbers around from wallet from address to address. That that's actually, it's not even wallet, it's just address to address. So What it is, is it's all about the keys, who has access. That's why I said, not your keys, not your crypto. So when I take my crypto and I put it on a Binance, let's say I move something from from Hive to Binance. I move it out of Taskmaster 4450. I actually am not putting the Hive on Binance. I'm moving it from my Hive account into Binance's account. They have some type of account on Hive, that's there. Now, their system will read the Hive as being in my account on their back end. So if I move 500 Hive over, it reads it that of all the Hive that's in this wallet, 500 of it belongs to me. Then if I take my Hive off that account or off the exchange and send it to my Hive account, They will take 500 Hive out of their wallet, which might have, you know, 10 million Hive in it or whatever, and put it in my account. So it's the same thing as if I sent the 500 Hive to, to John G. Olson. It's just changing the account. And the difference is I don't have the keys to Binance's account on Hive, nor do I have the keys to John G. Olson's account on Hive. So it is all a matter of who has the key. And so if you're taking your crypto and you're putting it in some type of cold storage, you're basically moving it from one one uh, account to another. And John's John's, um, ledger there has keys in it. So... When he goes to access Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, whatever he ha- he would have on there to move it out, it needs his key. Well, guess where the key is located? In his device. So nobody can get at it unless they can access that key. Which not only do they need the private key to that to to like that Litecoin wallet or to that Bitcoin wallet. They're also going to need whatever code he set up on there to get into the the device itself. Mm-hmm. That's why it's much safer. That's why it's also much safer with Hive. And we talk about keep your, your crypto on Hive because when it's in your Hive wallet, if finance goes down, what's going to happen to the Hive in your Hive wallet? Nothing. Right. You have the key to it. So that's really when you look at these exchanges, people think we're actually sending it somewhere and it's it's resident off-chain. No, it's still on chain, it's just a matter of the keys. Who has control of the keys? Not your keys, not your crypto. John puts some Bitcoin, John puts some Ethereum on there on his on his ledger. It's his keys. Yeah. Nobody else can access it. If he puts his Litecoin on Binance, somebody else can access He puts his Litecoin on, uh, leaves his Litecoin on Coinbase. He right. doesn't have the key to that account. That's Coinbase that has the key to that account. He's encountering, that's what we talked about earlier, the, the counterparty risk. Not only are you trusting that um, Coinbase, Binance, FTX doesn't go under, you're also trusting that they give you access to the keys. That's why they can stop withdrawals because they control the damn keys who on hive can have their withdrawal stopped nobody nobody Mm -hmm. can stop john from taking his hive out of his hive account or his hbd out of his hbd account the only thing is is you know if it's powered up he has the 13 week time in the code but if he wants to take hive and go to the internal exchange and swap it for hbd If he wants to take his hive and send it to me, if he wants to send it so nobody can stop him. He can withdraw all the hive. He can take his hive and send it to coin. Well, he can't send it to Coinbase because it doesn't take hive. But he can send it to blocktrades.us and and swap it. Nobody can stop him because John has the keys. And that's the difference. That's why we have to keep pushing this idea of decentralization. And I sent out a tweet today. I said the difference is hive gets overlooked, and that upsets some people. Other people on hive say we just say screw, it, we'll just build it ourselves. And that's right. what we yeah. were doing. We'll go, fuck it. We'll just go build it ourselves. And that's what the disregard fiats, that's what they call me Dan and Starkers. That's what Blaine, that's what people like that are doing. They're saying, okay, screw all this other stuff. We don't care what they're mm-hmm. doing. We'll just build the infrastructure ourselves. Whatever we need, we'll build. I
0: I love the fact that and, and just 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 one more touch on what Lisa asked. Um she wanted to know how easy it is the ledger is pretty easy I mean you plug it into your computer it's pretty it pops up it's pretty straightforward but it's still simpler to have your crypto hive on hive it's still that's still for me the best protection you're going to have because you have the keys if it's powered up there's 13 weeks so you mitigate risk you might lose a week Anything liquid you might lose, but if it's powered up, you have 13 weeks to solve it. And if you got witnesses that you know can verify who you are, you're good to go. So, it, it to me, Hive is the superior, the easiest way to keep crypto safe. But again, I'm very biased. Uh, but when it comes to Ledger, at least I wanted to know how, how hard it is to do the cold storage thing, it's pretty straightforward. You plug it in, yeah. Let's. Your-
1: let, Ledger, all's ledger is, and you got to keep updating it. That's the biggest pain in the ass. And and there's okay. <laughs> something you download an interface. It tells you all this,
0: ledger but sending
1: ledger. stuff to 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 the ledger itself once you set it up, you just take, copy and paste um, an address. There's an address in the uh, a, there's uh, a wallet address in the ledger for the different tokens, and you just send the crypto in there uh the same as you would any anywhere else so you you if you're sending bitcoin you would copy the bitcoin address and send you know the bitcoin from wherever you are let's say coinbase you Mm -hmm. just put the destination for your ledger and then you got a passcode your your ledger when you set it up it'll tell you put in a you know eight or ten digit code that you you set up so you can remember and you write that down mm -hmm. and keep it with your your safe keys and that's it. And then when you want to send the stuff back out, let's say you like the price of Ethereum, you want to sell it for something else, you send it back to Coinbase or Binance or wherever. You just go and ledger and get your Binance account that you're sending to or address. And, you know, that's always it. Lisa, just always remember, keep in mind, all this stuff is on blockchain, it, no matter where it is. So with Bitcoin, you're always sending from one Bitcoin address to another. Whether it's in cold storage, whether it's in on an exchange, whether it's 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 in a ledger account, you know, you gotta send it to another Bitcoin account. Same thing with Hive. We've got to send it to another Hive account. You know, it's just a question of who controls that account. Jeez. You know, if I send John $25 25 HBD, once I hit send, that's his. I have no control over his account. Yep. But I still have to send it to that. Now if I set up another account that I have the keys for Taskmaster 3350 and I send it there. Well, I still have to send it to another account. The difference between that account and John's is the second one. I have the keys to his account. Mm -hmm. I don't and if you keep that in mind and realize crypto doesn't really go anywhere. It's always on chain. It's just whose account whose control. And if you understand that premise, make sure you're in control of your crypto. If you want to leave a little for trading on an exchange, fine. Have fun, but don't leave the majority on there or else you'll end up like Novogratz. You'll end up having to go to bankruptcy court. Now this guy has the money to get a ream of attorneys to make sure he's probably at the head of the class. Yeah. But if you had $10,000 in Bitcoin on FTX, you're now you You might see if If you're lucky 10 years from now,
0: yeah. be safe out there guys. Um, Good show, man. Good questions. Um, We got, again, a stack lineup coming up. We got Block Trades on Tuesday. Crimson Clad the following Tuesday, which is a first appearance. So she's got to get a badge. Um, But Block Trades has a badge already. He's good. He's fine. So we got Block Trades. Uh, coming up on Tuesday, which uh,
1: I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if Block Trades really worries about whether he has a badge from us or not. John.
0: Well, <laughs> dang it, it cost me twenty-five cents, so I hope he likes it.
1: <laughs> if if you talk to him nicely, maybe he'll he'll send you 0.25 HBD to, to make yes, up. Yes, right. yes, yes. Maybe he yes, yes, yes. will. Yeah. Or or ask him to cut. Or better yet, ask him to cut your fees by you know, half a percent next uh, yeah, on, yeah. on your block trades trade. So that, that, that might work out better for you.
0: Perfect. Dude, have a fantastic weekend. Everyone out there have a fantastic weekend. We will see you on Tuesday uh, with uh, the good sir block trades.
1: Toodles. Ciao.
0: Thanks for listening to the Cryptomaniacs podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to hanging out with you again next week.